From the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies, this is Pardes from Jerusalem. I'm Larry Kluger, a Pardes alum. This is a special podcast in honor of Yom Ma'ut and Yom HaZikaron by Rabbi Leon Morris. Rabbi Leon Morris is the president of the Pardes Institute. And now, Rabbi Leon Morris. Thank you, Larry. And on this 72nd anniversary of the founding of the State of Israel, I want to wish all of you Chag Atzma'ut Sameach. As our shiur, as our class uh, for this Yom Ha'atzma'ut, I'd like to look with you at the prayer for the welfare of the State of Israel. Classically, it is entitled, Tfilah L'Shlom Medinat Yisrael, the prayer for the peace of the State of Israel, which expresses on this day and every day our aspirations, our hopes, and our dreams for the Israel that we imagine. To begin speaking about the prayer for the state of Israel and to appreciate its unique place in Jewish history, one has to first look at prayers for the governments, prayers for the countries in which Jews lived. These prayers go back at least to the 14th century, but really have their roots in much older times, beginning with the exile to Babylonia. In uh, the prophet Jeremiah, Yermiahu, we read in chapter 27, I'm sorry, chapter 29, verse 7, V'dir shu et shlom ha'ir asher higleti etchem shama, v'hit palalu ba'ada el Hashem, Ki shalom. Seek the welfare of the city to which I've exiled you and pray to God in its behalf, for in its prosperity you shall prosper. Now, we have extant versions of these prayers for diaspora governments and countries uh, as far back as the 14th century and they almost all begin with the words, Hanotein Teshua Lamalachim. This is a phrase drawn from Sefer Tehillim, from the book of Psalms, chapter 144, in which the psalmist says, O God, I will sing you a new song, sing a hymn to you with a ten stringed harp. Hanotein Teshua Lamalachim. To you who gives victory to kings, who rescued his servant David from the deadly sword, rescue me, save me from the hands of foreigners whose mouths speak lies and whose oaths are false. This idea of prayers, Hanotein Teshua Lamalachim, the one who gives salvation to kings, becomes, of course, the perfect opening 
for praying for the government or the country that is ruled by a king or queen. And uh, this will be very familiar to many of you, uh, but less familiar, I think, to those of us raised in America, that the classic form of this prayer uh, is the following. And, and here I'm borrowing from a... Uh, I'm borrowing from uh, Victorian times, uh, although a almost similar prayer is recited in England uh, today uh, for the Queen. Uh, May he who gives salvation to kings and dominion to princes, again, Hanotain Teshua, Lamalachim. May he who gives salvation to kings and dominion to princes, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, who delivers his servant David from the evil sword. Uh, again, this is drawing on the uh, the imagery of Psalm 144. Who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, bless and protect, guard and help, exalt, magnify, and uplift our sovereign lady, Queen Victoria, Albert Edward, Prince of Wales, the Princess of Wales, and all the royal family. May the Supreme King of Kings in his mercy put into their hearts and the hearts of all their counselors and officials to deal kindly with us and all of Israel. In their days and in ours, may Judah be saved and Israel dwell in safety, and may the Redeemer come to Zion. Amen. May this be God's will, and let us say Amen. This prayer is uh, clearly meant to serve many purposes. It's interesting that even in the, uh, in many printings where the Hebrew prayer is, uh, is, appears in the Sidor, the names of the royalty appear in the local language. Uh, part of the purpose of this prayer is to show that the Jewish community is praying for the leadership and for the government. Um, and you can see the relationship of diaspora Jews as subjects in those last few sentences. May uh, God, may the Supreme King of Kings in his mercy put into their hearts, that is, the hearts of the king, to deal kindly with us and all Israel. Uh, and so there is uh, something of this prayer that already felt not appropriate for the American reality. This prayer didn't work in places that, in places in which the people were the sovereign. And so it was a challenge for American Jewry from the very beginning to craft a prayer that is different from Hanotein uh, Professor Jonathan Sarna has written beautifully about this. And I'll give just one example uh, of a 1927 prayer uh, written by uh, Rabbi Lewis Ginsburg. Our God and God of our ancestors, accept with mercy our prayer for our land and its government. Pour out your blessings on this land, on its presidents, judges, officers, and officials who work faithfully for the public good. Teach them the laws of your Torah, enlighten them with the rules of your justice so that peace, tranquility, happiness, and freedom will never depart from our land. 
God of all that lives, please bestow your spirit on all the inhabitants of our land and plant love, fellowship, peace, and friendship between the different communities and faiths that dwell here. Uproot from their hearts all hate, animosity, jealousy, and strife in order to fulfill the longings of its people who aspire for dignity and desire to see it as a light for all nations. Uh, it continues, but you get the gist of how this is so different from the classic prayer. This is about the diversity of America, and it is uh, pour, beseeching God to pour out God's blessings on everyone who works for the public good, on all the elected officials. And not only that, uh, we've moved from the classic prayer of be beneficent toward Jews who live in your country to the confidence of being able to say, teach all of these officials the laws of your Torah, enlighten them with the rules of your justice, and that that's the key to tranquility, happiness, and freedom. So it's, um, in a way, if we said that the American challenge of the classic prayer for the government uh, was very much there, that the classic prayer doesn't fit in an American context, uh, where Americans, where American Jews from the very beginning were full-fledged citizens. How much more so does the classic prayer for the government, Hanotein Teshua Lemalachim, not work for a government that is for a Jewish country and under Jewish sovereignty? So the prayer for the state of Israel, Tefillah L'Shlom Medinat Yisrael, has been called a kind of religious declaration of independence. Let's take a look at it. And I want to first begin, uh, and those of you who know it by heart will, will note that there is a section I'm leaving out. I want to begin with the very original version of the prayer, published in uh, the press. I have a uh, I have a facsimile here of the newspaper Hatsofe from September 20th, 1948. This is the uh, the day in which the prayer was printed, September 20th. There's no attributed authorship, and we're going to talk about a 50-year debate of, uh, of who wrote this. So uh, I'll read it. Uh, I'll read it in Hebrew and in English. Avinu Shabashamayim Tzur Yisrael Vagolo Barech Et Medinat Yisrael Reishit Tzmichat Guulatenu Hagen Aleha Beevrach Hastecha Ufros Aleha Sukat Shlomecha Ushlach Orcha VaAmitcha LaRasheha Sareha VeYotzeha VeTachnim BeEitzatova Milfanecha. Chazek et yede megine eretz kodshenu, vahanchilem elohenu yeshua, vaateret nitzachon taatrem. Venatata shalom baaretz, vasimchato lam liyoshveha. Veetachenu kol beit yisrael pakod na bechol artsot pizurehem, vetolichem meherach komemiut litzion irecha. Vili Yushalayim Mishkan Shemecha, Kakatu Batorat Moshe Abdecha, Im Yihiyen Nidachacha Bikzea Shamayim, 
משם יקבצך אדוני אלוהיך, ומשם יקחך. והביאך אדוני אלוהיך אל הארץ אשר ירשו אבותיך ורישת, והיטיבך והרבך מאבותיך, ומל אדוני אלוהיך את לבבך ואת לבב זרעך, לאהבה את אדוני אלוהיך בכל לבבך ובכל נפשך למען חייך. ויחד לבבנו לאהבה וליראת שמך, ולשמור את כל דברי תורתך. Um, and then we are going to skip a section that is familiar to many of you that are uh, accustomed to saying this regularly. Hofa bahadar gaon uzecha al kol yoshvei tevel artzecha v'yomar kol asher neshama ba'apo Adonai Elohei Yisrael melech u'machuto b'kol mashala amen sela. Heavenly Father, Israel's rock and redeemer, bless the state of Israel, the first flowering of our redemption. Shield it under the wings of your loving kindness and spread over it the tabernacle of your peace. Send your light and truth to its leaders, ministers, and counselors and direct them with good counsel before you. Strengthen the hands of the defenders of our holy land. Grant them deliverance, our God, and crown them with the crown of victory. Grant peace in the land and everlasting joy to its inhabitants. As for our brothers, the whole house of Israel, remember them in all the lands of their dispersion and swiftly lead them upright to Zion, your city, and Jerusalem, your dwelling place, as it is written in the Torah of Moses, your servant, even if you are scattered to the furthermost lands under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and take you back. The Lord your God will bring you to the land your ancestors possessed, and you will possess it. And he will make you more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. Then the Lord your God will open up your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. Unite our hearts to love and revere your name and observe all the words of your Torah. Appear in your glorious majesty over all the dwellers on earth and let all who breathe declare the Lord God of Israel is king and his kingship has dominion over all. Amen. Selah. Now, I mentioned that there is a mystery. There was a mystery surrounding who authored this prayer. Uh, initially, it was attributed to the two chief rabbis uh, the early years of the state in 1948, Rabbi Yitzchak Halevi Herzog, the chief Ashkenazi rabbi, and Rabbi Ben-Sion Meir Chai Uziel, the chief Sephardi rabbi. And it was generally understood that... Uh, Rav Herzog was the chief author, the chief drafter of this prayer. But in 1983, a copy of the text was found in Agnon, Shai Agnon, the Nobel laureate Israeli writer, in his handwriting. And the assumption of many scholars was that Shai Agnon wrote this prayer. However, in 1998, an envelope was found that had been in Rabbi Herzog's office, and the envelope read, Prayer for the State of Israel 
as copied and corrected by Agnon in his handwriting. And so uh, by 1998, we have a conclusion to this decade-old mystery. The prayer was largely written by Rav Herzog. Agnon edited it, and um, it is chock full of biblical and rabbinic references. And, and I'd like to take you through <coughs> phrase by phrase uh, and connect it with the biblical or rabbinic reference. And I want to begin with the most famous phrase of all, Reshit Tzmichat Gulatenu, the beginning of the flowering of our redemption. Uh, Rav Cook had referred to the Balfour Declaration, 1917, as uh, the beginning of the flowering of our salvation, very close to the phraseology here of the flowering of our redemption. Fast forward 1947, Rav Herzog wrote to the religious Zionist leader, Shlomo Zalman Shragai, and said, Blessed be God that we have reached this stage, even though it is still only the beginning of the redemption, and perhaps only the beginning of the beginning. It's either Achalta de Gu'ula or Achalta de Achalta. De Gu'ula, uh, using the Aramaic uh, parallel of Reshit's Michat Gulatenu. There was immediately an opposition to the use of this phrase. Uh, the Lubavitcher Rebbe and others felt that, argued that the phrase delays redemption. It suggests that we're already on the way. And opposition was, in fact, immediate. And an early debate about the phrase, remember it's published in September of 1948, an early debate about the phrase prompts a change just three weeks later. And that change is not removing Reshitz Michat Gu'ulatenu, but almost in a kind of political compromise of sorts, it balances out that phrase by adding to the prayer, Ushlach lanu mehera ben David Mashiach Tzidkecha, and swiftly send us your appointed, your righteous Messiah, the one from the house of David, to redeem those who long for your salvation. When three weeks after the publishing of the prayer without that line, clearly a response to the controversy that claiming that the state of Israel's reshitz michad gulatenu, the beginning of the flowering of our redemption, the chief rabbis claimed that the phrase about the Messiah coming was in the original, but it should have been included in the original printing, but it was left out as a result of a printing error. What's the best proof that we could find today to determine whether uh, that was the truth? That copy of Agnon, in which he improved upon Rav Herzog's draft of the prayer. That copy from Shai Agnon in his handwriting didn't have the phrase, and swiftly send us your Messiah 
to redeem those who long for your salvation. Um, there were also later found uh, notes, handwritten notes in the archives of the chief rabbis arguing with them upon the original release of the prayer that the correction needs to be made, uh, that there are those who claim that the prayer contradicts Maimonides' 13 principles. Um, and so uh, that phrase has an interesting, uh, an interesting history. And again, the phrase was being borrowed by Rav Herzog. Um, it was not, by the way, a, a line that Shai Agnon added, but was in the, uh, in the original from, from Rav Herzog that he passed on to Shai Agnon. Uh, but there are so many other chock-full phrases in this prayer that would go unnoticed by its recitation in synagogues uh, on on Shabbat and Chagim, and I want to take a look. Uh, I want to take a look with you at those. So, starting with the very beginning of the prayer, Avinu Shabbashamayim, our heavenly Father, our Father who art in heaven. We might translate it. Um, this is a rabbinic way of speaking about God. And of course, uh, we, we do see it elsewhere. And we certainly, we certainly see, uh, Avinu, right? Avinu Malkenu, our father, our king. Uh, but Avinu Shabashamayim, when one looks at the Talmudic references for referring to God as our heavenly father, Avinu Shabashamayim, there are three Talmudic references. And all three of them are related to the notion of being in exile and being distant from God in exile. And I'll bring one example. It's from Masechet Brachot, Tractate Brachot, page 32b. And Rabbi Elazar said, Since the day the temple was destroyed, an iron wall separates Israel from their father in heaven. Miyom shacharav beit hamikdash nifsaka chomat barzel ben Yisrael la'avihem shebashamayim. So it's a fascinating choice. And it has uh, uh, such a beautiful subtlety that you would choose the phrase of speaking about God based on references that came from lamenting how distant God seemed to us in exile. It's as if just by the phrase Avinu Sheba Shemayim, the authors of this prayer are saying, take note of how that iron wall is broken down with the establishment of the Jewish state and the return of the people of Israel to its historic homeland. Of course, the phrase Ufros Aleha Sukkat Shalomecha is, uh, is familiar from, uh, from the Sidur, from the Hashki Venu prayer, the second blessing after the Shema in the evening to spread over a Sukkah of peace. But I want to go back. I was getting ahead of myself. Tsor Yisrael Vagoalo. The rock of Israel 
and its redeemer. First of all, uh, many of you will be familiar that in the Declaration of Independence of the State of Israel, the compromise position, a really masterful compromise between the religious camp and the secular camp, should we refer to God in the Declaration of Independence or should we not refer to God, was a reference to Tzor Yisrael, the Rock of Israel, that for uh, for those who are religious, they would understand this as a classic phrase referring to God, uh, also from the Sidur. Uh, and those who are secular would say, no, the rock of Israel could mean the, the people of Israel and its fortitude. But the exact phrase utilized here, Tzor Yisrael v'go'alo, has another beautiful Eretz Yisrael connotation, a land of Israel connotation. And that is that the Nusach, the right, R-I-T-E, the right of Eretz Yisrael in the concluding blessing of the Shema, uh, the phrase that we use, all of the various nuschaot, all of the various rites used by the Jewish world today are variations of a Babylonian rite. And the blessing that we use in which we say, Baruch Shem Ga'al Yisrael, Blessed are you, Redeemer of Israel. In the Nusach of Eretz Yisrael, the Nusach that was preserved, for instance, in the Cairo Geniza, that concluding blessing of Birkat Gu'ula, of the blessing after the Shema, is Baruch Hashem, Melech Tzor Yisrael V'go'alo. Blessed are you, Eternal, the King, Rock of Israel, and its Redeemer. Baruch HaTashem Melech Tzor Yisrael V'go'alo. And so here, that exact ancient Israel phraseology is utilized just after the words of Inu Sheba Shemayim, Tzor Yisrael V'go'alo. The last thing I want to say about that is uh, God as Tzor is found in Sefer Devarim itself, chapter 32, verse 4. Hatsor tamim po'alo ki durachav mishpat. The rock, referring to God. His deeds are perfect. All his ways are just. This is the beginning. Uh, this verse is recited as the beginning of Tzidduk Adin, of the burial service. Um, but again, to take it in the specific phrase in which it occurs in the Eretz Yisrael, the Israeli version, the ancient Israel version of the prayer service, Tzor Yisrael V'go'alo is, is just beautiful, literarily. The phrase v'natata shalom ba'aretz, and you will bring peace to the land, uh, is of course a recurring motif we have in Sefer Vayikra in the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter 26, verse 6, V'natati shalom ba'aretz ushavtem ve'ein machrid. I will grant peace in the land and you shall lie down untroubled by anyone. And of course, the, the greatest use of Torah text in the prayer is that long quotation itself about the ingathering of the exiles. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses uh, 4 and 5, which occur verbatim 
in the prayer itself. There are numerous variations uh, and new forms of prayers for the state of Israel, all which really begin with this classic version uh, authored by Rav Herzog, Rav Uziel, and Shai Agnon. Um, and I want to just highlight uh the way in which uh, it has been treated, uh, just very briefly, uh, the ambivalence that uh, certain Orthodox camps had in 1948 about the phrase Reshitz Michad Gulatenu, the beginning of the flowering of our redemption, also uh, felt perhaps like overreach uh, by some of the non-Orthodox denominations in uh, in America, the movements. Uh, in the 2016 Sidor Lev Shalom of the conservative movement, uh, we have the use of, in parentheses, so giving uh, the the prayer or, or the shaliach tzibor, the prayer leader, the choice, that it says, Shetehe reshit michat gulatenu, that it may be the beginning of our redemption. Um, and uh, we have, uh, I want to bring uh, just as another interesting example that shows the dialogue with this classic prayer. In Mishkan HaNefesh, the 2015 uh, reform machzor for the High Holy Days, we have uh, a different translation of Avinu Sheba Shamayim, which addresses the tension, the healthy tension between the universal and the particular. Uh, I'll read it and then I'll explain what's going on here. Avinu, you who are high above all nation states and peoples, rock of Israel. So, um, here, the understanding is that Avinu Sheba Shamayim is that God is bigger than any particular country, any particular nation. And yet God is also Tzor Yisrael, the particular people of Israel, is in relationship with God. Um, there are a lot of other wonderful examples, but I think that we'll leave it at this. And uh, I'll just ask you, maybe as a take-home exercise for Yom HaAtzma'ut, for what increasingly here is called Chag Atzma'ut, Chag HaAtzma'ut, the, the festival of our independence, to, uh, I'll leave you with a kind of right-brain challenge. If the most central phrases of the classic text for the prayer of the State of Israel are Reshit Smichat Gulatenu, the beginning of the flowering of our redemption, and Venatata Shalom Ba'aretz, and you shall grant peace to the land, think for a moment on this 72nd anniversary of Israel's founding about your own tefillat l'shlom ha your own prayers for the state of Israel. What's one line that you would be sure to include? What's one hope that you have for Israel that extends this beautifully crafted inherited prayer from 1948, September 1948? Um, think about it 
Think about what's your phrase or your line in light of both the successes and the challenges that Israel faces today. To all of you, from all of us at Pardes, Chag Atzma'ut Sameach. Thank you, Rabbi Morris. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode of Pardes from Jerusalem. Jerusalem.